The topic that we discuss in this episode of fiduciary responsibility applies to Wittenberg Wealth Partners and our advisory clients only. Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. All right, welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg. And today I wanted to discuss one of the most common questions I'm starting to receive in all of my meetings with new clients or, or um, prospects. And, you know, in our first meeting where people are just trying to get an introduction to our firm, that question is, are we fiduciaries? And so I brought Wendy McConnell along here to grill me on that topic. To, uh, you know, we'll get into are we fiduciaries? How does that apply? What is the history and you know, what that means ultimately for the end client? Thanks for joining me today, Wendy. Well, thank you. And I, I love to grill people. So I'm so excited to be here. All right. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the actual definition of a fiduciary. Sure. So a fidu- the, the technical, I don't know if this is what it says when you look it up in the dictionary, but this is what I have sort of in my mind is the uh, as the definition of a fiduciary. So the, a fiduciary is a person or organization that is legally required to act solely in the best interest of clients. And that legally required, we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's really the important thing. So a fiduciary is a person that's legally required to act solely in the best interest of clients without any undisclosed conflicts of interest. And, you know, so as an investment fiduciary, um, you know, it's client-centered advice and putting the client's interest first. So in our industry, you know, which is what we're going to spend a lot of time on today, that's that's what we're focusing on. A few other types of fiduciaries or people who are held to a fiduciary standard typically can include someone like an attorney, a tax advisor, or CPA. Real estate agents have a fiduciary obligation as well. Um, so it's not just something for financial advisors, but really across the board. And it's not really a new concept. Funny enough, I've, it's been starting to become more top of mind for people in the news. It's it's being brought up a lot more, This the word fiduciary and and how it works. But really, it came into play all the way back in the 1940s coming out of the great depression you know there was a lot of talk about how do we make sure that not only companies but well as investment advisors are held up to a certain standard so you know it goes way back um, especially in the financial advisor industry but it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger topic you know here more recently okay austin so are all financial advisors fiduciaries then yeah, interestingly enough, no, right? So I just mentioned um, that the, the fiduciary standard started sort of back in the 1940s with what was called the Investment Advisors Act of 1940, but it doesn't necessarily apply to all advisors or all the types of services that a financial professional can provide. So this is really important to understand the differences between an advisor who is a fiduciary versus not. And the the two different sort of standards in the industry are the fiduciary standard or the suitability standard. So those are the two 
standards that an advisor will be held to. And the, that fiduciary standard, as I mentioned earlier, so that requires that me as a financial advisor place the interest of clients ahead of my own and choose in, investments that are in the client's best interest. The suitability standard is a little bit different where that requires the advisor to make recommendations that are suitable based on a given client's age, risk tolerance, and financial goals. So for example, you know, a client may have a low risk tolerance, so a bond investment might be suitable for them. And there's you know, hundreds or thousands of different bond funds out there. If you're only working under a suitability standard, you may choose a fund that may pay a better commission or do something, have better kickbacks as an advisor, and you would still qualify under the suitability standard because the client's risk tolerance and age, et cetera, meet that even though it may not be in the client's best interest because the fees may be higher, et cetera. So those are really the two differences. And it's important to understand those differences when you're working with an advisor of making sure you want to make sure you're working with someone who is held to that fiduciary standard and not just the suitability standard. How do you know and how do you know when somebody is going on the suitability standard and I guess the question is who's really looking at all of this information and making sure that everybody's looking out for the client's best interests. So even though I you know, we operate under this fiduciary standard. We still follow the suitability standard, right? That it's sort of wrapped into it. And it, so the way that it's regulated is by FINRA or the SEC. So two of the governing bodies of the financial services industry are the ones that are making sure, you know, that if there is an issue and you, you know, there's a client issue and they have, they file a complaint against me or whatever. It gets um, sent up the chain to those organizations. And part of that also is, you know, for us being affiliated with Stratos as our registered investment advisor and LPL as our broker dealer, those are two places also where there's some oversight there on me to make sure that we're operating under this fiduciary standard and that the products that we recommend and all these different, you know, the advice that we're giving. So it's, you know, there's these national governing bodies, but then also on a more local level for us with LPL and Stratus Wealth Partners as our RIA watching over and making sure, you know, and when we're doing client paperwork and client accounts, there's all sorts of forms to sign and things we go through that outline why we think this is in a client's best interest. And here's, you know, transparency on fees and all that kind of stuff. So there's from the very beginning, we try to make sure it's all laid out. Is it a pretty standard to follow those guidelines, so to speak, or is it different for each client? So there is some difference for each client depending on their goals and needs and, and situation, but for the most part, it's pretty standard. And when you're dealing with larger firms like ours, it's pretty standardized. Where it, you may vary from the standardized rules are working with some smaller firms that don't have some of the same regulatory oversight. Um, it may not be as standardized there, but when you start working your way up to larger firms like ours, then it gets starts to get pretty standardized. Gotcha. So how does it apply to your practice? Yeah. So, you know, as we work with clients, well, we have this internal sort of saying that we always say, 
you know, internal motto, I guess you could say that is if you take care of the clients, the money takes care of itself. And that sets us up to know, you know, if we do what's in the client's best interest, ultimately we will be well compensated for that, you know, making sure that the clients get well taken care of, but it's the fiduciary duty. And some of that comes from our having a CFP designation, but this fiduciary duty that we implement in our practice. So what that means is we have a fiduciary duty that at all times when we're providing advice to our clients, we're acting as a fiduciary and there's a duty of loyalty. That loyalty is me placing clients' interest above the interest of myself or our firm and avoiding any conflicts of interest or disclosing conflicts of interest. The conflict of interest here primarily deals with things like compensation. So making sure compensation is disclosed and transparent. And that we'll just act, you know, act professionally and um, you know, again, on in the client's best interest. So there's that duty of loyalty. There's also a duty of care. So that duty of care is that I act with, you know, care, I guess you, you know, and skill and prudence and diligence in light of what the client has told me. So in light of their situation and in light of their risk tolerance and their objectives and their personal circumstances that we factor all of those in to the advice that we're giving. And then lastly, um, there's a duty to follow client instructions. So ultimately this money is not mine, you know, money that we're managing or these client situations is not mine. It is the clients. And so it's our duty to listen to you as, as an end client and follow your instructions. You know, certainly we'd like to give our advice and, and, um, help people make decisions there, but ultimately it's their money. So we will make sure we follow their instructions. So as we're working with clients, again, just to recap that there's a duty of loyalty that we have, a duty of care and a duty to follow client instructions. And as we go through those three duties, that helps us maintain that fiduciary duty of putting the client's interests above our own. But the thing to remember always is that I'm the boss of my money. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is your money. We know that there are people behind the money here, right? So it's ultimately your money. You're the boss. We're going to try to help you make best, you know, the best decision possible for your situation. But you may say, Hey, even though you, you know, we've laid this out, I, I still want to go this way over that way because of, you know, whatever reason you have, and we will follow your instructions on those. That's good to know. So if I am shopping around for a financial advisor, what is it that I need to look for to know that the person is a fiduciary? The easiest way to find out if the person is a fiduciary, if that advisor is a fiduciary, you know, first and foremost is to ask them. So as I started at the beginning of this podcast saying, this is one of the most common questions that I get in these first meetings. That's going to be the easiest way is to ask them if they are a fiduciary, if they have a fiduciary duty to you as the end client. The other way to know, so if you're, you know, if you're just scrolling around online looking for someone, you're looking for an advisor, you want to know, hey, does this person, you know, have this fiduciary responsibility to me? Many of the designations that are out there, like the CFP, certified certified financial professional, um, CF or CPA, excuse me, a lot of these um designations, you know, that alphabet soup behind people, you know, on people's business cards, most of those certifications and designations have that fiduciary responsibility built into them as well. So that's an easy way 
you know, that's going to be fairly accurate. So if you're looking at a financial advisor and they are a CFP, they are working on, you know, they do have a fiduciary duty to you. The other way is to work with what are called registered investment advisors. So I am a registered investment. Well, I work with Stratus Wealth Partners, who is our registered investment advisor firm. Those firms, if you're working with an advisor who works with a registered investment advisor, then they also work with that fiduciary standard of care. And there's a website that you can look at. It's called NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A. So it's the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. They have a tool that helps clients find a fiduciary advisor. So they're sort of an aggregator of all the advisors that are working with this, you know, that that work with a fiduciary responsibility to their clients. So, you know, if you one of those four options is going to be a way to really ensure that you're working with a fiduciary advisor. But I think the easiest ultimately ends up being whoever you're working with or meeting with, just ask them. And they should have a really quick, easy answer to that. If they're stumbling to answer the question, if they're a fiduciary or not, you know, then they haven't, they may not, you know, they're not as familiar with it. That would lead me to believe they may not be operating as a fiduciary if it's not something that's coming up in conversations with them frequently. Is this something that um, most fiduciaries would advertise? I mean, something that they would tell you right up front? Yes, absolutely. It's becoming so important in our world today, you know, to have that fiduciary responsibility that it is something, if you go to our website, it's one of the first things, One, you know, in one of the drop-down menus, one of the first things there is our fiduciary responsibility to clients. So I would guess that most advisors' websites are going to have something along those lines over the last decade or so. You know, so again, this started back in the 40s, so it's been around forever. But there's been continued legislation recently that's brought it even more to the forefront where it's become, you know, really top of mind for clients. So most everybody, if they're operating in that form or fashion is going to be advertising it or at least having something on their website to dis- to discuss that topic because it is becoming so important. What is it that the what was the legislation that they were um working on that made it so that it seems that more and more people are fiduciaries now? Yeah, so there's been a few things over the last decade or so that have come into place with the DOL. There's been some legis- the DOL is the Department of Labor and they oversee a lot of the 401k plans and retirement plans like that. And then there's also been recently some more um, more legislation around best interest and making sure that recommendations that we're giving are in the best interest of clients. So with that's brought a whole bunch of new forms for us to fill out with clients to help them understand why we are making recommendations. But those are the two biggest things I think that have happened in the last few years to bring it to the forefront. And then the CFP board is one of, you know, that designation being one of the premier designations for financial advisors. They've also spent a lot of time marketing that topic as well. You know, again, just to reiterate that CFPs operate under this and it's a really important differentiating factor. Was there some sort of funny business going on that was, you know, causing harm to make it more present in business nowadays? You know, nothing, I don't think necessarily funny business, but it's just, you know, transparency is a big part of all of this. And I think it was just a little bit confusing for the end client 
because there was really no restriction on who could consider themselves, you know, an advisor versus a salesperson. So you, if someone was just a salesperson and they were just selling financial products but not giving advice, they could still call themselves an advisor and you know that advisor tag I think is what when you think oh I'm working with an advisor you think oh, I'm working with someone who is giving me objective advice wants the best for me versus someone's just trying to sell me a product and allowing people to use that word is really, I think, so no funny business necessarily, but just trying to help the end client when they're doing their own research, find the um, the type of person that's the best fit for them. So to differentiate between the two, like of a, an advisor versus a salesperson. Right, exactly. Well, I think that I have learned so much about fiduciaries today. So the most fun topic, right? Oh, you know what? I'm having a blast. (laughs) Good. Well, yeah. You know, I really think it it is important for people to realize that. You know, again, I think it's just the general assumption that that's just the way it works. But when you come to find out that, well, this suitability standard actually was the where it all started, and it's different from doing what's in your best interest, it's important to to make that distinction. And, you know, of course we assume or we hope that everybody, all advisors are working under they you sort of have this moral internal thing that you want to do what's in their client's best interest, but you're not necessarily legally obligated to fulfill that. Mm. Um, and that's where the difference comes in that we want to, you know, you want to be working with someone who has that legal obligation to ensure that you're really getting advice that's in your best interest. Well, thank you for all this information. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. And if you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. The topic that we discuss in this episode of fiduciary responsibility applies to Wittenberg Wealth Partners and our advisory clients only.